Matt, you called me the other day, not necessarily in a frantic mode, but in a very energized moment. And you said, I need to come on your podcast. I have a bold prediction to make. So the time has come. What do the people need to hear from you? Brandon, I called you for one simple reason, to put my professional reputation on the line. My soothsaying crystal ball, my friend, of being able to predict the next 10 years in tech. I am going to make disturbingly accurate predictions today. I'm going to tell you 10 software products that will change your life coming from this new revolution in technology. That's quite the bold prediction. So, so what exactly are you talking about? I'm talking about the third operating system. The first operating system was the Macintosh moving from green screen command line to the Windows right. and the GUI. The GUI. The right? GUI's here. Yep. GUI's here. Mm-hmm. Second one was the iPhone. Okay? Love when it. the iPhone came out, I uh, was a low-level sales rep at Apple, and I got to watch Steve Jobs through the computer screen, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, he was like, hey, we're going to dominate because nobody's anywhere close to us and we're going to kill it for five years and nobody can touch us. I think that uh, and, definitely and yeah, he was pretty spot I mean, on with that one. Like Steve okay. Jobs, smart. Pretty seems, smart seems guy. Like he did well. Yeah. This is nobody's even on the radar. I have people to blame. I have people who have completely taken the money and they've gone and played croquet in their stupid white outfits. <laughs> And that's what they've done with all their money as opposed to reinvesting in the customer experience. Okay. And it's their fault that they're going to be poor in the future. Okay. And, and so what is this operating system platform of the future that we should all know about? Yeah. So I think it's Amazon Go. The yeah. Amazon Go retail experience recently went out to Seattle, had the opportunity to do the kid thing, family right, vacation. So let's make sure everyone knows what we're talking about. So Amazon opened their first retail store. That was at least the concept store, I guess we should call it, which yeah. is which they call Amazon Go. So this is not like the bookstores we see in like your local, uh, uh, you know, shopping malls, right? This is like the the future store, right? Where every now, what is the story? Like because everything is automated by it. Like how does it work? Yeah. So you basically take your iPhone app. Uh-huh. And you walk in and scan like you're going through like airport security. Okay. Right? They got a guy in an orange shirt. Doesn't say anything, just points at it. Right? Okay. Like, oh, you just do this. Can he talk or is he not Yeah, he can. He says irrelevant things. Like you can use the same app for everybody. Right? Okay. And so you scan it. The person walks through. Uh-huh. So I scanned it. My kid walked through. I scanned it again. I got like five people on my bill. Okay. You know, we all walk <laughs> into the store. Okay. And we're all like, okay, now what? We walk over and we see like the crappy cup of cut fruit, like you're at Whole Foods yeah. almost, right? Yep. Or you see the crappy sandwich, the turkey sandwich yep. that's in the wrapper. Like the pre-made stuff that's yeah, just the stuff there. that you're like disappointed you're buying. <laughs> yeah, yep. yep, I've been there. Okay, we got the gummy bears. We got a couple things. We walked around the store. Okay, and then we didn't talk to anybody. We didn't do anything. We walked out. Okay, and first impressions one of the things i want to convey to your listeners uh-huh. is that that experience makes shopping incredibly boring okay it makes the products on the shelves seem subpar it makes the brand experience seem like you're an amazon warehouse worker uh-huh right so you're just Which, like picking stuff off a list you're just yeah. like just this yeah. is this is like just what the pickers I'm, do I'm all a day picker. long yeah uh-huh yeah and then you leave and you get this receipt and I, that, you know, whether that's all machine learning, like they claim, if it is machine learning, my prediction will so stay true. So is like email to you is in the app? Instantly. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. Work? Through your Amazon account. Okay. It's so you build. just get it right away. Oh uh-huh. yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. So this whole experience has opened a door for me 
psychologically of like product and what these a window into the future shall we say a window into the future and i'd like to give your listeners the 10 software things that are coming and the collateral damage that will happen because of this operating system before we do that i want to go back because i just want to like i want to i want to hear the 10 things i want to like i want to understand this so the the, the the summary of this Okay, but for future reference, it may only be seven. I don't know exactly, but it's going to be ten well, things. Listen, somebody will fact check it, and you know it'll be it'll okay. be good. So you scan your phone, and you scan all your family members, and you get in. So like, like security, I think that sounds like a, a metaphor all of us are familiar with from boarding many planes. So you go in, and you literally just pick up the stuff that you want, and like I mean, you like put it in your pocket or like a yeah. bag, and just do whatever you want with it, right? Yeah, and then right. and then is it. I mean, not to be too, not to make this too obvious a question, but like you just walk out the store and like you don't yeah. talk to anyone, you don't, yeah. you don't check anything, you don't scan anything, you don't say I'm leaving, you just walk out. You just walk out. And then Amazon has instrumented the store in such a way that they know that your son has the gummy bears, you have the That's right. The, and the there's fruit. a couple, yeah, there's a knit, the guy at the door, I wasn't trying to slam on him, he gives you a couple of instructions. Uh, they're pretty clear. You can't hand somebody else the food. Once you take it off the shelf, it's registered to you and your account. Okay. So if I give you a, if I take a Coke mm-hmm. off the shelf, I've bought that from Amazon. Okay. And then I will hand you the Coke. I have now gifted you the Coke. Okay. So it's like you take possession. <laughs> That's right. And then, so is there, a, the, the, is there a concept of putting something back or is that? You can, if you're the one who took it, you can put okay, it so back. Okay. So it figures that out. It, it just, yeah. but so once you were you... able, I was like, and I was messing with it. I was like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, I'm going to pick this up. No, I don't want that. And I put it back. You know, I'm touching everything right. and putting it back. Because for me, I want to break it. Like, mm-hmm. that's how I know it works. So, like, the ultimate test case would be to walk in with, like, 100 people. And then the first person take the soda off the shelf and then pass it, have 100 people touch it around, and then hand it back to you and give it back. And yeah. see and see, 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 oh, if yeah, Amazon, yeah. see if, see if was, Amazon figures that. Yeah, that would be the, that's not. a big brother test. Okay. Like, that's something that needs just to like, yeah. Just like, uh, just how much can they track it? Okay. So, so, you do this. You have this retail experience. And it's... You know, based on what you said, not that impressive. You you kind of felt sort of just. I mean, at least that that shopping experience uh, to your to to quote you from two minutes ago was boring. I think that what we look for is product guys, right? I consider you a true product guy. I myself am like a product hobbyist, right? <laughs> um, I like to build things and and sure spend all my money there, you know. Uh-huh. Um, and what I what I find is that when there are common experiences that we've had millions and millions of opportunities to go do. And it's just eat, like you can walk into a retail store and get a fairly traditional retail experience. And then you have something that's billed as brand new. Mm-hmm. You really start comparing those two things. What's a traditional thing we're used to, to this new thing? And is it worthy? Is, does it meet the Harvard outline of, does it, is it a hundred times better? Right. Are, are people going to do this? Yes, it's a hundred times better, it but is. it's not enough. But it's not enough. So it's not enough just to have this autonomous shopping experience. You're you're saying it's it's, it's not enough to like display, to like hey I'm just only going to Amazon Go stores from now yeah, on. Yeah, like immediately, you know, as humans, we're like, oh well, now that's possible. Mm-hmm. Now I expect all of this, right? right? It just becomes table stakes instantly. Yeah, right? and mm-hmm. so now that I go in there, it's like okay, well, you've given me a little bit of my time back, but I want more. Okay, right? And it's because I want more that. I don't want you to just make $4 on your stupid cup of fruit. Like, that's not enough for me. Okay. okay? I'm going to need a little more from you if you want me to overpay for my little pre-cut 
thing of uh, honeydew and cantaloupe. Gotcha. Well, because, you know, it's interesting as you say this because I think many of us have probably gotten very familiar and comfortable with uh, self-checkout, right? At, like, whether it's Home Depot or, Way you know, than that. H-E-B. Well, I just wondered, though, like, um, you know, like something we talk a lot about in software just in general, like ceremonies, right? Like the importance of the different ceremonies, like whether it's Agile or Scrum or launches, right? So the idea that human beings, you know, like – pick there's many like marriage you know whatever promotions like there's ceremonies that play there are purposes like sociologists would tell us like there are purposes for ceremonies right and so um you know what i wonder is like the ceremony of checking out of the store like so first we have to talk to a person like a checker right yes and now we've gotten to the point that i would agree like it's generally if you have more than like a handful of items it's kind of a pain to you know do the self-checkout yourself because it's like you're kind of doing it all but it's kind of a ceremony to your point about, you know, you're, it's sort of like the final act, like you're committing to buy these things. Like up until that point, you've just been shopping. Oh, and yeah. But like yeah. at the moment, like there's a ceremony to say like, no, no, I I actually am, I want to buy this. I, I and, love this And ceremony. I wonder if, yeah. um, you know, I wonder if where Amazon's going is like they've eliminated the ceremony, which on the face of it makes total sense. But I also wonder like if if it wouldn't, you know, another way to look at this problem would just be, um, like, what if you just had like a little area where you stood in, like a button that just said like "I'm exiting the store," right? You know, something that simple, and it would just like would that make you feel more comfortable with it? Would it also like give you a sense to like, oh, that's the moment I check my uh, receipt, even if it's electronic, just to make sure like I I did buy all these things, everything's correct. Um, maybe it's the opportunity to get like a coupon, right? You know, this is like the thing that. Uh, so I just wonder, and I'm sure you know the people at Amazon, yeah. No doubt, they're thinking about all of this, right? Like yeah. wait, um, where it is. So, but I think it's really interesting that you're kind of saying that, like, it's really good, but like it, it lacks a little bit more. And I, that's the question I have going forward: is like maybe maybe there is a checkout ceremony that's needed, even even if we don't think it's needed now, it, it may be needed in the future. Yeah, I, I'm willing to like let that ride. Like, I don't know if we. I, I I love what you're saying about ceremony, and I think it's incredibly important, and people don't always think about it in those terms. But I think that this new technology, like good new technologies, really just gives your this emotional inflection point an opportunity to be displaced to other places mm-hmm. that may be more natural, but even though they feel unnatural because of, you know, Pavlov's dog type stuff, right? right? Where you've just been so conditioned to put all this stress and happiness and moment into this final checkout. Um, making jokes with the cashier, this politeness that we have, culture, all Mm -hmm. of those things. Now we have an opportunity to put it somewhere else. And the things that are coming, I think, are going to make people's lives significantly better. Not like an order of magnitude, higher quality life is coming because of this technology. Okay, so let's go. Let's go from that. So you're left there and you felt like you had like... Up to ten uh, yeah, predictions. Up to ten. Up to 10. Up no to more ten, than ten. We'll count 10. them out. So what? Okay, let's start. Number like, pr- one. Prediction one. Yes. Number one. Okay. So and without getting too techy of under you know how the technology works, basically you got big machines, and I sent you a picture of the ceiling. You have hundreds of devices in there sensing where you are in the store, right? Mm-hmm. So now we've added a software layer, right? You talk about the search layer being Google, the social layer being Facebook, right? There's a 
where you are layer. A presence layer. A presence layer, okay? And maybe we'll just coin that, and I'll give you credit for the presence layer. Well, friend. I think many people are working on this. Well, well, I'll take credit, but I think there are many, many people I didn't out do there. any Googling to counter-check any of these ideas. <laughs> that's the way we like it here. Don't let the facts get in the way of the a podcast. That's the one thing that anybody with ideas does not have the capability <laughs> to do. Don't Google anything. It's like asking somebody with no legs to stand up. It's just not you. You just cannot fact-check yourself. Do not do that. Okay. All right, so we have this presence idea, and what's going to come of it? Okay, so... Uh, and I might put a couple things in here, right? Uh, a two by two inch screen, maybe by each product. And now your avatar mm-hmm. shows up based on your proximity in the store. Okay. Okay. So I walk up to my cup of fruit. I got a turkey sandwich and I got a ho-ho and I got a Dunkin' Donut thing there, right? right. And because of my 2,000 calorie a day limit that I've attached to my profile, right. the <laughs> ones that fall within my 2,000 calorie a day. Okay. Show up so with my like, avatar. Like this is what you can eat kind yeah, of Yeah, so like right now I can eat the donut because it's the first thing I've eaten. But when I come back for dinner, maybe I've already knocked down 1,800 calories and I'm out of the donut right. zone. Right, so you're down the salary. I'm just doing that. So that's one thing that could happen today, right? I could have a nutritionist ecosystem mm-hmm. helping me with my calorie count. Mm-hmm. That could be realized inside the Amazon so this would be store. Like the the fourth ring, if you're if those Apple Watch users out there, you have your rings and you close your rings by like walking a little bit and burning yes. enough calories. This could be the the fourth ring would be consumed calories. So just yeah, without the, the take away, take your stupid watch and shove it. <laughs> take your Fitbit and shove it. It's Hold over. Hold on, let me look down my so watch. If you own those stocks, sell. It's over. That's it. You don't. It, so we don't need the watch. We anymore. don't need the watch. We just because the wait the watch is just. I'm not wearing your stupid goggles, bro. No, you know no what I mean? Google. There's no right. no glasses coming out of here. Okay, so you just walk in, it sees who you are, so it and, and by doing that, it can actually help you become eat better, essentially. Eat, eat better, eat but better. also think about it in terms of I want to go on a um, a restriction of ingredients, which I don't eat dairy. Right. So I walk up to the wind, to the to the proximity wall, and all of my little avatar logos show up on things that have no dairy. Right. So the obvious thing, the allergy kind of person, yeah, the person so you, that's allergic to things, like he can look right away and know. This yeah. Is, and this so is now you're sitting next to this weird person, and then they're like, "Well, why aren't you eating that sandwich there?" And you're like, "Well, I don't eat dairy." And now you got this conversation back mm-hmm. that you used to have at the cash register that's now happening with your stupid little avatar or your little <laughs> personality trait. Or uh-huh. your little weird digital. But do you want, you actually think it should be like displayed like next to the item. So you would just look over at well, it and it would, it would display kind of like a minority report kind of thing. Hey, Matt, you can't eat this. I like, think that LED screens are incredibly cheap. Okay. I think it's a very low cost way that works in a retail environment. Okay. I think it allows me to personalize the object by putting my avatar choice on that mm-hmm. object on the wall. And I think that it gives me a visual signal of what I can buy. So I don't really care if that's what they decide, mm-hmm. but that's how I would do it. I like the it. idea, though, but you're just, I mean, so it, with all of these things, the first time we talk about them, there's always an aspect of like data privacy and also like novelty interest. So it's like, on one hand, you know, you can kind of take the like, it'd be kind of eerie for, that, for it to know that you're looking at it. But the second time, right, the, the, uh, the, the counter to that is just like, but if it provides really relevant information, that I'm makes your quote, life easier. I'm going to quote my good friend, Brandon Wichard, <laughs> who said, uh, if you can make me motivated by sitting on my couch and flashing me some sort of information, yeah. bring it on. Yeah. I'm, you know, I, of course, I, that is, I, I've probably likely said something exactly like that. And um, I tend to just like want more 
Like I kind of yeah. like like life, interacting with the world. In, life in, is too hard, man. Yeah, so I like it, but I, I do understand where people would say, "Well, I don't want them to know that I eat." Uh, what did you use before? Donuts. But yeah, I, well, there's you know. privacy settings. You know, yeah. we all have... you can turn it off. So the the classic opt in, opt out kind of thing. What's the first rule of building products? We've got to go through that <laughs> stupid permission thing. Yes. <laughs> you know, terms of service, privacy policies. Yeah, yes. you know that whole thing. Did We're not you... even that building the software where we actually have to build out. You know, all of the nested layers of of things you know that yeah roles and permissions roles yes. and permissions that's yes right. we know well. okay all right so that's one personalized yeah. no, that's two. That's i get two. two for that all right it's two all, all right. right but here okay so i get the nutrition right the, but i'm talking like the reason why that's important is there's the interaction at the store that's the amazon go operating system there's an app ecosystem for nutritionists mm-hmm. i now have a nutritionist who can okay. monetize for three dollars a month setting up my calorie based on my European background. Yeah, so just as soon as this, you know, platform to use the official uh, tech term would be like, yeah, once you have this figured out, then anybody that has an opinion about what you should be eating, which is like hundreds of thousands of dietitian, nutritionists, whoever, right? They can kind of plug in and personal trainers can say, hey, set it up for you. Be like, hey, you can subscribe to one of them. Say like, I'm doing, I want a paleo diet this week or I want something, you know, else. And they can adjust it that way. So nutritionist cooks, and uh, personal trainers are going to get off Facebook uh-huh. in their, you know, in their MLM strategies, <laughs> and they're going to come over to this new ecosystem on Amazon. They're going to take Facebook's going down uh-huh. because they're losing that core audience and that interaction. Right. And those guys are going to find a marketplace. I'm willing to pay a nutritionist three bucks. That nutritionist could be dealing with people anywhere in the world. Okay. They can make money on that economic model. Right. Complete shift. Third idea. Okay. I have a cookbook. I select seven recipes. Mm-hmm. I walk through Whole Foods. Right. My shopping list is automatically shows with my avatar. So okay. I only have to get the things that my avatar has on it. I can okay. go through the store as fast as I want or, or as slow. slow as I want. If I already have a can of spaghetti sauce that the computer doesn't know, I don't have to pick up the spaghetti sauce. Yep. But it's given me a visual signal of the thing on my list without having to break out the Apple notepad crappy experience, trying uh-huh. to delete stuff. And so I like this. So it's sort of like, it, it's a little bit of treasure hunting slash guided path. Um, you know, like wayfinding all in one. It's like, Hey, I'm going to the store. I'm quick. Like just, just take me to where I need to go. Tell me exactly the aisles. And then give me a visual clue that I'm, I'm where I'm actually, this is the item that I actually want. That's to buy. right. And this is a good time to crap on H E B and these other guys who've made hey, billions. Hey, in- hey, let's be careful. H E B is the official, uh, grocery store chain of uh, software defined talk. But that said, go ahead. Uh, what I meant by <laughs> that was, uh, actually, let me tell you truthfully. I, I said that in jest and I shouldn't have said their name first. Actually, HEB is an amazing company, and they that's right. do an amazing. Randall's is the one everyone likes. To Randall's about. is that's the crappy company. I don't yeah. even like Randall's. Yeah, that's how we have uh, complain about high prices. Oh, it is yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, Rand- no, well, here's what HEB should know. HEB, my friend, Randall's is gone. It's gone, right? Because the, in the ecosystem of these companies, there's no way that a Randall's can compete. It's over. HEB is going to have to either buy into it or go open this is why heb needs to make an immediate donation to open source technology <laughs> and at the end of this podcast I think they bought favor right when they bought something the other day they bought uh, some tech platform i think they Here, here's the problem them. here's what i was saying about uh grocery stores the problem uh-huh. with grocery stores is that they are chasing instacart uh-huh. as a technical revolution to their business model right. thinking that they need to cover the last mile and that's a that's a misallocation of funds right so you're saying like it, it's it's sort of chasing uh, the problem 
that's already here. The the classic uh, skate yeah. where the puck is going. So you're saying the puck is already here. Like it's like it's not about delivery of groceries and making that more efficient. It's this next level of personalization based on your presence. Yeah, you nailed it. Okay. Yeah, I like it. So this okay. So this that's an interesting one. All right. So that's that's three, right? That's three. Okay. We got four. <laughs> wow. Okay. Man, this was big. I should have said you know top three. Okay. Uh, here's the fourth. All right. Uh, I'm gonna go to the gym. And I'm not going to count my reps anymore. I'm going to walk up to the machine with my little like two this. by two inch screen. Yeah, it's just going to work. And it's just going to say, yo, three by 10, dude. Three by 10 by my thing. I got to do, it'll count for right. me. So you're going to get three steps of 10. Yeah, and I'm then, doing my and, bench and, press. Right. And then it can tell you what weight. That would be good too. That's what I always forget. Done. I'm always like, how much weight was I, Done. Did I do last time? Done. Just tell me that. And then you just do it. Yeah. And if I only do eight reps, it'll count eight reps. No guilt, mm-hmm. no right. shame, right? right? If I do 12, I get a little. So I like this. So this is good. So this is sort of the um, Amazon Go experience of the gym. You just walk in yeah. and you'd start. And then and maybe the first time is like you just do stuff, right? And that's like the baseline. And then the second time comes in, it's like, okay, well, based on what you did last time, here's what you should do. Yeah, right? and that right. would That would be great. Third ecosystem, friend, mm-hmm. personal trainers. I like that. Personal yeah. trainers are going to have this new place. They're uh-huh. going to get off of YouTube or maybe they'll be on YouTube as a multi-marketing channel, you know, multi-mixed marketing channel thing. Right. Um, sorry, a new market, a marketing mix, right? Okay. But their primary source of income will be the Amazon thing. Who's going to scrape uh, 3%, 10, 20% right. off that? Okay. So, so maybe you have the, the personal trainer like yes. following you around, making sure that you actually do like proper form yes. and you do the whole give thing. Give me a call. And giving, FaceTime me. Give you some uh, motivation. And this is back to like, you know, I have found that, you know, the more I pay for like uh, a membership, and in fact, when I get beyond paying for that, I pay for some type of class, like the more likely it is I go because I feel like there's some, some like personal connection slash loyalty to the trainer. So, so you're, that's kind of interesting. So the idea of that, like the gym's really there to like tell you what to do and the trainer's there to kind of like get you there, right? To like, you know, he's the guy you're going to see man or woman and they're going to help you do it and get a little bit better. But they don't, and also too, they, they, they don't have to keep up the clients. They can have, Oh, well it looks like, you know, this time we're doing three sets, 10 of the bench, you know, here, let's get the weights loaded and make sure you're doing good form and and, and away you go. Yeah, that's right. Okay. That's, all right, that's that's a right? that's a pretty bold prediction. That's a pretty bold one, but that one's coming true. Mm-hmm. You put this technology stack in the gym, and there's really no reason why these things can't happen. Clearly, if if Amazon can like walk around and see what food you're picking up, they can see what uh, yeah, what gym yeah, what gym and what and more importantly, like what exercises you know, what uh, machines you're doing. And, yeah, you and know. it doesn't. You know, the, the other thing is like remember like low res versus high res, right? Like all tech starts in this low res way. I would be satisfied with a gym that had a low res experience. I don't need you to count every single curl. Mm-hmm. If you go over and I could just, you could just help. Mm-hmm. Just like, this is the thing I want to, you know, life is so freaking hard, man. It's, right. it's hard. It's like, we're not there yet. And especially if you build software, you know how hard it is. Tech is stupid. Computers are stupid. Right. And fixing all these little minutiae, like I'm in marketing, tech marketing mostly. And it's an ass whooping. It's just a perpetual ass whooping to do things that we think we should be able to do. This thing is going to accelerate us, and everybody's going to think that they're as smart as Google. They're going to think, you know. Okay, so this is just looking ahead. Like, if, if presence technology gets even better, as Amazon goes, the the the, uh, the canary in the coal mine, shall we say? Like, this is where everything's going to go. Then it's going to be at your gym. It's going to be at yeah. your shopping center. It's going to be, you know. 
let's just, you know, maybe at schools, right? Where it's like, instead of collecting attendance, they just like know where everybody is. They just, yeah. all the time, they can just, you know, kind of, and yeah. that's what surveillance, there's a lot of different surveillance systems with, you know, looking at videos and stuff that are already doing that. So, so maybe it gets even easier, right? Right. Yeah. And I think that like, this is an opera, this is one of those places that Amazon, you know, I, I think Apple and Microsoft and these other tech conglomerates are going to have to steal this technology from Amazon. Right. I don't think that they can. Well, like everything we see, right? It's it's one of these like someone figures it out and starts to prove there's a market, and then there'll be a big rush. So if Amazon Go and all this presence technology is is the future, then everyone will be, you know, I'm Google, not, Microsoft. Everyone will be will not be far behind. I'm not wearing your stupid goggles. Uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> like that's the other thing. So I we mean. can say definitively, Matt Bruchet, not, not not happy with Google Glass. Not no. Or the uh, Snap. Uh, and nobody. None snap of your glasses. listeners are going to do it either. Anybody who's put on an HTC Vive or any of those things, even the good ones that have good mm-hmm. tech, yeah, they're overwhelmed by the positive experience of it, but after two hours, they're done, mm-hmm. right? It's over. You're not putting something on your face in order to get this digital experience. The digital experience is going to evolve around you, and I think that that's the egg that Amazon Go cracked. Okay, I see what you're saying. So it's not so much like create virtual reality. It's just making... You know, just it's sort of obvious when I say this, but so just you know, I guess people would largely say that's augmented reality, but maybe even that's wrong. Maybe it's just like making the reality we live in just like a little bit simpler. It's like, no, I don't want to like see pictures of an augmented reality, like what the picture would look like in a store. It's like, I just want to be easy to walk out of the store and not have to talk to anyone and buy anything. Or when I walk in the store, I want it to tell me just where to walk to, not not give me big pictures of like what I could make at home. Just show me where the uh, spaghetti sauce is so I can get out of here. That's right. That's all right. right, all right. That's Wouldn't that good. make your life easier if you didn't have to make a shopping list? Well, you know, I'm, I'm a huge fan. I mean, I guess the question I have there is because I'm, you know, I'm probably in the more of the category of like I just don't even want to go to the store. Like I just like want it to like be like the Instacart slash you know, okay. delivery at home. So I, I like the idea of, um, you know, and that's I would find like things that, but I, even I, even as much as I want to do that, I bet a lot of the listeners are the same way. It's like even as much stuff I shipped home, like I do end up doing retail shopping for a variety of reasons. Sometimes for entertainment, sometimes just because I'm, you know, there's the day yeah, I needed it and I needed to shop. So if you can make every retail experience, you know, that much easier and that much simpler, like I think Apple store is pretty good at this right now. Like it's you, pretty good. the fact that you kind of go in there and you interact, it's like, there isn't uh, as much as there, as low as friction as you can be. That's about as low as friction as you can have. Like, cause you kind of just say, I want to buy this. So if everything was like that, yeah, I'm all in. I'd like, you know, I want yeah. more of that. Well, even the efficiencies that the the, the picker would get for you, mm-hmm. right? Just with your shopping list, to be able to run around the store, yeah, being able to your list, their body following around the presence, uh, your cost of that is going to go mm-hmm. down significantly. Right? Well, we had, you know, on last episode of Software Defined Talk, like I, I uh, gave out this Home Depot hack, so you guys can go back and listen to that. But it was basically this very simple text messaging service that one of the Home Depot product people, they were here in Austin giving like some presentation. And it was very simple. It was just like you just text the um, you, to the short code, and then um, you give it the store number, which you, which you have to know. And then you say like whatever it is you want, hammer is what the example you get. And then so it texts you back like a link to a map of that specific store you're in, and then exactly like which bay aisle and bay it's in and and i and i remember recommending it on software defined talk last week and it was just like yeah i mean it's it is i understand why they don't like release that to the public because it's a little complicated it's like a command line interface you know to your point about like a command line and but this is what he told us like this is what the associates that's the home depot name for all their employees um this is what they they actually use and i was like it just 
you know, to your point, I was like, gosh, we just need more of that, right? Like, I, I want to know about more of these things. And then, of course, you can make them even simpler going forward. But um, it was just, it was, you know, so I ended up looking up my Home Depot store, which is, you know, very close to your house as we sit here today. And I was like, yeah, I'm just like, I just have it in my phone now. So next time I'm in there, because I'll tell you, the place... I'm probably pretty lost at that grocery store. I think certainly if you ask my wife, she'd, she'd probably confirm that. But uh, Home Depot, I feel even more lost. Like, I'm always in there looking for something that's, yeah. like, broken off, like, something at home. And I didn't even know the thing that broke even existed, like, an hour, you know, a couple hours before. And then, so I have no idea, like, where it is in the store. So just the ability to, like, go in there and do it myself, um, I love that. So any type of thing, making that retail experience better, I think it's a huge opportunity. Awesome. All right, so what's the next one? I, I lost camp, by the way, so uh, I think we're on like five. We'll say we're on five. Uh, let's, okay, so the number six. Oh, no, we did five, or we're on number All right, we'll go with six. We're on six. All right. Counting is overrated. All right, we're going to six, buddy. Um, number six is, uh, it's coming to your house. Okay, what okay. is it? Uh, the idea is that it's going to walk around and you're just going to turn on lights whenever I walk in like I'm God. Right. I'm going to walk in and it's going to be this amazing. Is the whole home automation Oh, yeah. But like Alexa. Alexa proved the market. We don't even have to validate whether or not right. there's a market. The market's there. Mm-hmm. The question is like I have Alexa. I have seven Alexas in my house. I have, <laughs> I've replaced all the light switches in the walls. The whole thing is done. Okay. Right? So the sensor thing, is there a question of privacy? Oh, I could never have... Dude, you'll bring it in your house. I don't think it's privacy on this one. I think it's just complexity, right? The fact that it's... And I... You know, all this... All the various, like, uh, home automation, you know, like, what are they? Bigsby's, you know, different, um, like... Uh, components you have to have to get them to all talk together. I think when someone figures out, and obviously everyone's working on it, where and I think Amazon made that announcement where like they'll ship one of those hubs as part of the Alexa next time. It's like because that's the biggest thing that even I get kind of like I just like oh, I don't want to mess with it. Like like is the Nest compatible with the I don't know Nest use Wi-Fi, so maybe it's a bad example. But all these new things that you bring in, they always want to have their own like central hub. They do, and, and so when the when that's all figured out, because I do think, you know, the one thing I have found, and I've mentioned this, I think, before on the show, I've spent a lot of time in my house at different times just, if you will, taking things out um, that are too complicated. Like, you know, the main TV, like in our family room, like, you know, I've got that down to, like, it just has a sound bar. And, like, we use Netflix, but we use Netflix on the TV because it has a big Netflix button, right? And it's, like, it's just so much easier yes. for my wife and son than it was, like, we used to have. Like, now I have another room. Where I've just, I kind of went the other way. I'm just like, yeah, this is really complicated. You probably shouldn't have, like the home theater room, right? Where it's like, right. but I've kind of, I've kind of, you know, everyone kind of knows that's just, it's just really complicated in there, right? But everywhere else, I'm trying to make it simpler, right? Like everything, let's use all the integrated apps in the TV, even if they're not that great. Like the Netflix, I've complained about it before. The Netflix app on the Panasonic TV is like yeah, old. The pro- the, they it use doesn't the get old updated. Processors and the yeah, TVs, and it's yeah. like, but you know what? It really works well. And the same thing is like the sound. The sound is the biggest. Like, I don't know what I've made this rant before, but like, the source button is a concept that many people just do, are not going to get. Like, so d- stop trying to teach people like source and then and it just like, don't like people don't want to learn it. That's like, and there's things, and I should be fair. There's things in my life. Like I'm not great at the kitchen. Like I don't, I tend to like, n- you know, find ways not to learn about anything about cooking. Right. So, um, so I do think with your, your point there is like on this, all this home automation, I think that's the key. It has to be super, super simple because the light switch as much as people may talk about it, is a very, very simple device 
that is very well understood. Like you turn on the lights and it works, I would say 99.9%. Instant so, reward. Yeah. So do you, I mean, like, so when you replace a light switch, cause I think about this a lot, like you um, replace a light switch at home. If you're like the home IT person, yeah. how are you going to feel like you're way on business, you know, and that light switch you know, does not work, right? Like maybe it's the old router needs to be rebooted and it's like, do you, no, like, right. do you want to take those phone calls? Cause well, like I today I take the internet calls and it's like, usually I got to tell somebody it's like, well, go unplug the router and plug it back in. So well, I don't, be I, careful on the home automation. On the home automation, I've had to hard reswit. I've, I've, I've already moved the power button all the way to the breaker. <laughs> so I've had to flip the breaker on a couple of these switches I integrated because, well, it's done by the cheapest vendor and there's a whole bunch of people competing for that space. Yep. Um, all that being said, if it makes your life easier, yeah. you're going to do it. No, I agree. So, you know, and with, it, but there's iterative, low uh-huh. res to high res. Yeah. Are we talking the home automation being 12 years away? Mm-hmm. Maybe. Right. But it doesn't matter because it's on the board. Mm-hmm. Right? Like there's all of these things that are happening. This is on the board. Right. It's going to happen. It's not a question of if it happens, this is the winning technology. This is the solution. Okay. All of this stuff, this boredom that we have in tech where you're like, everybody's doing like an ICO or some sort of internet coin offering <laughs> or some sort of stupid thing. Stop. Yeah. If that's what you're, if you work at a startup where you're doing an ICO right. and you think people care, stop. You should be worried. It's over. Okay. okay. Go join the open source movement and get on us building this where Amazon doesn't own everything so that we have multiple options because right now it's looking pretty dim. Okay. All right. Bitcoin. We have nothing to say about it. I think that's what we should do. This is a podcast about Bitcoin. We have nothing to say about that. All right. It's over. Um, I seven. What are we on now? I think we're on seventh prediction. Yeah. Let me, well, I can tell you some places it's not going to go. Okay. Right. Oh, counter predictions. Counter predictions. All right. Let's go that way. We'll finish on that. yeah, Yeah. It's not going to your car. No, nothing's going. What's, no. going, what's happening in my car? What do no, I need to know about that? I don't. I don't know. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> CarPlay. I really like it. I gotta say, I really like it. CarPlay was great. They did a good job. If Apple doesn't stop doing the car, this is a prediction. Apple needs to stop building the stupid car uh-huh. that they've been rumored to be building, yep. and they need to be building this because this is where we need Apple. What the home automation? The what? operating system. The operating system of the great. future. Apple's pretty solid at operating systems. Yeah, you know, like but a lot of people say they're not so good at they're, you know they're good at the um, the hardware device operating system. But you know, a common tech refrain is they're not so good at like the services, the web. You know, kind of the, the that's more like where the Amazon is, where it's like you don't have hardware, you just have like a, a dumb speaker, or you just have that other. Yeah, stuff. but this is this is Apple's miss. This thing is Apple's miss, and this is the culture of Amazon coming in and causing a, a big a big win. Mm-hmm. But this is. No, this is a big thing. The, Apple's fantastic at the combination so what should of Apple hardware do? and that's, software. That's, that's, the, that's the question. What should Apple do? You're, you're, you're uh, going to replace uh, Johnny Ive and Tim Cook. So what do you want them if to I'm do? If I'm going to replace those guys? Yeah. Um, first, you're going you're to like, buy a lot of new stuff. Take all the money. <laughs> buy a private, private jet. Now yeah, what you've done I, that. You know what? I would just settle for making my life easier. <laughs> you know? Like, I would just like settle 10. for somebody helping me with my laundry. And, you're like, you're like, you know, <laughs> just, could I come home and have dinner made? You know? I mean, yeah. like, you know, my wife and I both work. It's like, you know, life is Simple. an ass whooping, dude. All right. So you're Tim Cook and Johnny Knight. What, what do you want them to do? I want them to stop making the car. Stop with the car. Project Titan. Cancel it. Okay. Done. I want them to come up with the Apple version the base one version of this uh proximity right software 
Yeah, because I don't know. You know, I've seen their home kit, and I played around a little bit with it. Um, or not, I shouldn't say played, read, just read around the documentation and, like, what to do with it. But it's, it's not really clear, like, what you, like, what you would really do. I don't know. It's, like, it's always one of these things that sometimes you're like, glad they announced it. Not sure what I would do with it. Maybe someone else is figuring it out. So I, I don't know. Maybe maybe they do have, like, a team in uh, out there in California, like, in a special house where they're, like, instrumenting everything and building it out. But it doesn't, that does seem like a... Other than the speaker, right? They announced um, they don't they don't seem there doesn't seem to be much tangible, which is sort of anti Apple, right? Normally, Apple like creates this great tech, but it's so simple, you know, the classic thousand thousand songs in your pocket, right? Go back to the original iPod, and it's like, yeah, yeah they don't talk about any of the tech. They're just like, and you're like, yeah, I want that. So, but the HomeKit is it is more like very tech centric. It's like, well, you could do this, or you could do this, but there's not an obvious thing that you're like, I'm going to go buy. Yeah, I think. Um... I mean, we've all seen the AWS dashboard, right? Like, like Amazon is not. <laughs> yes, we have. It, Amazon's going to fail in the sense of not being able to keep it clean and simple. Like, yeah. and they're going to do too much. They're going to have too many buttons. They're going. Their their naming person needs to be just fired. Like <laughs> the person who names products needs to just be escort, giving them a lot of money, right? And let them just go live on an island somewhere and never come back. Well, if there's anything from the outside, because you know, we do talk a lot about AWS and watch, and we've all seen the console many times like i'm sure as the infamous uh, two pizza teams what, what i can tell about is a lot of places there's like a naming council you have to like take a new name to and has to go to some group uh, i'm pretty convinced that amazon like that doesn't exist and that any two pizza team can create any service and they just give it a name because then you're like because when you go in there sometimes you're just like i don't even like it's like nothing makes any sense it doesn't <laughs> it's, make it's sense. hard to find it i mean a lot of stuff's great though like when you when you eventually find it you're like oh s3 is storage a, i get it and then you're just like looking around and it's like, one of the most amazing companies that's ever been invented ever it's the best culture i don't know what the culture is to work like but whatever they do they have hacked entrepreneurism at an industrial scale yeah, no, they've uh, they're on fire. Have you ever say. seen an Amazon product come out that they've killed? Oh yeah, many. Oh really? Yeah, like the Fire what? Phone, right? Remember that disaster? Oh, well, yeah, okay. right. Yeah. There's a lot of them. There's yeah. a lot. I think people tend not. This is the old Halo effect. People uh, yeah. really remember the the big wins, right? And then they quickly forget the just well, gigantic losses. Yeah, the so, billions in dollars. And of course, that... you know, I mean, as long as you have, a, you know, as long as you're as successful as they are, like people will forget the losses. Wouldn't but like, we... but be careful, right? Like, as we've seen with Facebook and all these guys, it's like, you know, that, that line between, you know, genius halo, right? And sort of a devil, you know, devil uh, pitchfork is, is very fine. It can flip on you very, very fast. Whereas like, you know, suddenly, you know, Facebook is, is all evil, right? And like just two years ago, it was like yeah. we were reading stories about the greatness of Zuckerberg and you know bringing people together, and you know, yeah, like, and Obama winning the election through yeah. digital, and now that whole narrative is flipped flipped around. So, I know. Uh, okay, all right. Well, Matt, I think those were some fine predictions. I, I know for one, I'm I'm going to go out and uh, you know just start building some uh, home automation projects uh, products right now. Well, I, I hope you do, and I hope that you contribute to open source, and I hope that we have a uh, a whole stack of technology that we're all building together, and that we're using it in a way that makes life better. Okay. All right. Well, let's let's talk about your world a little bit because you know you've been out here, and I think um, we talk about building products. I know you spent most of your career trying to help people like promote and evangelize mm-hmm. and market these great products. So, so I did sales for and 10 sales years. for a little yeah. bit as well. So let's go back in time and say, I think, you know, let's maybe pick up. I, I know you sort of got into search engine optimization, SEO, as they say, 
um, maybe like right as it started to get like become like a really lucrative business. So this was probably like when was this? Like two thousand and six, six. Yeah, or it was even, kinda, even before that a little bit. I don't know. There's always the OGs, you know, who got uh-huh. in early and were charging tens of thousands. And you mm-hmm. know, I wasn't. I got so, in. I got into the good time. I could walk time. into a coffee shop and be like SEO. And I, I'd walk out with three business cards and, you know. All right, so go back in 2006. So, so maybe it's sort of like search has been, is a, clearly a market. Everyone, because I think this is maybe a better way to frame that time period. It's like everyone knew they should be doing SEO. Yeah. And, and, and people was, could probably say search engine optimization, but very few people like actually knew like, yeah, and what it meant. There was some really good black hat tactics at the time. That anybody with you know six payments of ninety nine ninety nine could figure out, and then probably get a positive result for a temporary. So this period. is sort of like there are a lot of low hanging fruit, like yeah. do like do some kind of content farm. Oh yeah, hidden or some content. Kind of, um, you know, Set the Z on your div and offset the pixels, and you know, and then put in like your word like seven thousand times, and and then Google's algorithm would be tricked by well this. Alta Vista's algorithm, or you know, or like you know. Or, you know, all these other so, ones. So how did you get into that? How, how did you find your way into SEO? Well, I, I did sales for 10 years. I thought I was going to be a professional sales guy, and I had two problems. One, I don't drink, and I can't remember anybody's name. <laughs> and so I would end up at the bar at 1 in the morning with like 12 people that I had invited there, and I would be looking around all their faces, and I was sober, they were drunk, and I couldn't remember any of their names. <laughs> and I was like, well, this isn't going to... This isn't where I want to be. Time for a career change. Yeah. I ended up going around the world as an international kind of sales guy trying to put lights on buildings or some stupid thing. It was a cool tech. It was amazing. Um, And I ended up lying to a bunch of people because the company went bankrupt. Uh And it kind of shook me to my core. Like I, I really had an opportunity to really think about what I wanted to do with my life. And I wanted, you know, there's when you talk about stuff, but you don't do stuff. You get this disconnect, and if you're a doer and you like to build stuff, it just eats at you. Mm-hmm. Like, man, I really wish I was spending my time just putting, you know, fixing the bugs and fixing the thing and coming up with ideas and implementing them. And so I really got into SEO because it was a problem. Uh, I'm big on integrity in business. It's really important to me that we end as friends, even if it ends poorly, and that we are honest about it so that we can both learn and move forward. And SEO was a place that, I could walk in and people were like, oh, the last three SEO guys were not necessarily above board uh, and honest, you know? And mm-hmm. so I brought honesty as my, my core characteristic and I was able to build a very successful uh, network of people who used me for So it's interesting, like really building, kind of like taking, because I think it's sort of wild, wild west looking back at that time period, right? Kind of a lot of bad actors doing lots of like questionable yeah. things. And so, right. your, so your differentiator there was just, you know, like you said, honesty and integrity. Yeah, like what's the real answer? Like how can we all work together yeah. so that your company can get disproportionate exposure through the filter of Google and through these other algorithms, right? Okay. But then, so you, you did that for a while, I know. But then, you know, how do you see it? Because I know you've sort of you know, transitioned away from maybe just SEO and, and just yeah. specialize in that. But like what did I, you see like over that time period that you're doing it and what led you so, to do something different? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, 
I saw a couple things. One, I did not want to build a giant labor-based agency. (laughs) That was one thing that was very... Not on your list of uh, life achievements. So, you know, whenever you sell services, everybody who sells services says, well, you know, I'll start with services, but my dream is to push this product. You know, everybody wants to be able to sell the product. Right. And I was no different, right? Like, so what I found was a passion for entrepreneurism. So I would be doing search engine consulting, uh, dealing with that figuring out how to bring things to market. But, you know, when you're doing marketing, what you soon realize is that you can pick up an extra 20 points margin uh, if you have, if you own the product yourself, right? So you start working yourself back to the source of actually putting it all together and kind of using your knowledge and your skill set to kind of build out that whole funnel. Um, I got into entrepreneurism and I just started rapidly building products out of my house. Like I would just, I wrote, like I've written like three books. I didn't write the books because of some profound itch to write the books. I wrote the books because I was trying to solve a marketing problem and I saw a hole in the market. I had an answer. And so I put the product together and I put it to market. And, um, you know, I mean, I still sell stupid books today based on that effort, but I did all of those things as like my own MBA schooling. I put together some software products that failed, right? I have a bunch of bones in the closet, but (laughs) all of these things have been perpetual learning opportunities for me. I don't do things other than to learn. Like I just, but I always do something. Gotcha. So you most recently, uh, you started, what is the name of your new new venture? Yeah. So um, I've taken the last 12 years. I had a company called Austin Search Marketing that nobody cared about. Right. Uh-huh. Uh, the, I think they got bored by the time they got to the second word in the name. <laughs> and uh, I got together with uh, Dr. Dan French. Uh, he's a PhD in rhetoric. I think he's the only person who's been Emmy nominated on a TV show who has a PhD in rhetoric. Um, and together we formed 500 Rockets Marketing, which is uh, basically a marketing agency that takes 12 years of experience that I had doing digital and kind of fixes all the problems with the business model, right? So we have a a bunch of um, core values inside 500 that are a little bit different. In digital, uh, what you see when you consult with a bunch of different businesses is that people are building one giant rocket and they're like, we're going to shoot it off and it's going to be amazing. And the first thing you're like is like, nah, bro, you really need to stop and you need to build 500 rockets and you need to build them all as cheaply as possible and you need to fire them all off and then rebuild the three that gave you a signal. Mm-hmm. And so that's where the name came from. It came from like being sourced all the way to like, hey, you know, this is the way you should approach digital marketing right now to deal with the complexity, the amount of noise in the market. You don't know what's going to work. So sitting there shot calling it is a waste of time. Don't do that. Let's use your dollars and build as many rockets as we can and then see what works. Yeah, I think it's you know it's a really interesting metaphor because um, you know like I think building software today it's very well understood that you know people want to use some type of iterative agile technology because they know it's like the idea is that like well we're never going to get it right so let's just build stuff every two weeks show it to people and and make course adjustments but uh, most of the time in marketing especially in large company uh, companies like the term launch right to pick up on your metaphor will be used and there's a belief like hey the launch is going to happen often it's like at a trade show like you know something like google next just happened just people will be like hey we're going to go out to the show and we're going to launch and just like a if you think about watching rockets launch on a thing it's like a big deal you usually just launch one rocket and um you know like in that case and then it's over right and it's almost always um 
it doesn't really work as well as you want. Like I think, right. you know, I mean, whether you're like, I just recently released like a web app or I'm sorry, an iPhone app, but like, you know, we've done a lot of different Which things. Which is and the I, world's best iPhone that's app. That's right. That's right. I, go, go check it out. I, um, <laughs> quick con call. We'll quick look, con call. That's right. We'll, it's uh, actually a great app. You did an amazing job with it. It shows you when like a Picasso has, yes. you know, build the, something in his garage versus... Uh, these other people. Sure. Uh, thank you very much. I appreciate it. No, unpaid in, uh, endorsement there. But I was going to say what I was going to come from is like what I've learned is like, you know, you just have to keep, you know, thinking like, like when you're finished developing it, it's like, no, that's just like you got to start tinkering with how you uh, try it. Like, so like, for example, like right now it's a paid iPhone app. I was like, well, maybe I should make it advertising based or maybe I should make it subscription based. And like, should I, to, to your old thing about like, should I do some digital marketing? Should I just do some word of mouth? Should I um, try, try to go to a conference? And I think people, you know, think on the tech side, like, you know, and I think companies like you know, to your point about like having this one launch and then like, you know, like in this case, like, you know, the metaphor of a rocket going into space, completing a mission, you know, coming back, everyone safe. It's like really most of the time in business, like this never works, like especially anything that's like relatively new. It's like, no, you should just plan on doing to your point, 500 right. little launches and, you know, maybe even calling them launches. is mean, just like you're going to try 500 different things. And then to your point, when you find the stuff that starts to work, so like if your iPhone app isn't working as a, a, a paid app, you try it as a subscription yeah, app. Yeah, you and try then, it. And if that works, then you, you know, keep going. Yeah, if or, not, then you do something different. Or maybe you, you know, find some partners, right? Maybe so, it's 50 bucks advertising on um, Apple Store. Yeah, right? or the yeah, same thing. Or like the Instagram yeah. or the Facebook. Because, I mean, I, I definitely think um, the tactics of marketing and the idea of like a launch and then uh, is, is, at least to me, anyone who's been a part of it is well understood the perils of like trying to get it all right. So it's, yeah. it sounds like, you know, 500. Well, it's, it's working and uh, we have a really happy customer base who is starting to evangelize our, our stuff. And we've seen, I've seen more traction with this than, than I've seen before with other projects. All right. I, I, maybe it's cause I went in a little bit more mature than I was on. on those oh, other that always things. helps, right? Experience. Time, yeah. But you know, know, a lot of people use us. Sometimes it's really business consulting and it's like, they need somebody to talk to like, which, what which lily pad do you jump to next? You know, do you do the free app or do you do the paid app or do you double down and invest money? And together, if you have somebody who's objective and can help you look at these and build a plan, you know, a lot of people these days aren't building enough plans. Well, I think, you know, I think a lot about that too, like um, working in product management, product marketing and all that. Like so, a big part of these jobs, especially when you're dealing with smaller companies and or even big companies with launching new products, like so much of it is sort of just a form of therapy, right? Like you can... If done correctly, right, a lot of times, especially at the beginning, you're just asking questions like, I mean, there may be obvious like, well, who's the target customer? Like, what do you think you want to do? And then they usually come in with a certain amount of tactics. And you kind of know like right up front, like whether somebody has, you know, whether it's going to be successful. Because like the idea that, you know, most of the time someone, and I think we've all seen it, like a very strong personality founder type has built something. They've like have a few people that have used it and they believe that, um, it's all ready to go. And, and, you know, you can kind of tell that person at the beginning that, Hey, you know, you, we may need to think more about like to your, to your company, like different ways to try to promote it and test it. And we may, we just really don't know how they're going to do well. Right. And I have this other conversation, ongoing conversation with another friend of mine. It's always like, you know, generally, uh, the CMO, like when these guys are interviewing like a CMO, you know, there'll be like one CMO who's going to walk in and be like, 
man, this is the greatest product I've ever seen. You know, the only problem with this product is just not enough people know about it. I'm going to come in here. We're going to do um, a big party, a big launch. We're going to make this conference, and then we're going to do a bunch of data sheets and some blogs, and this product is going to be fantastic it's because be the hot. only thing that's left with, uh, you know, uh, that's preventing us as successful is, like, we just haven't told enough people about that. And then, like, the next interviewer comes in is like, well, I'm not sure. I can kind of see what we have here. I'm not sure we have product market fit. Not sure this is going to be a huge billion dollar idea. What we should do is probably sit down and run 10 different experiments to see like different messages, do some small things, uh, see what happens. And then based on the results of those, maybe we'll retool the messaging. Maybe we need to retool the product because it turns out the problem isn't that we want. And based on that is uh, we'll go forward and we'll make those changes. And like we'll see. We could be you know a several million dollar product, maybe multi-million dollar products, but yeah. we just don't know, right? And so like I always say, like, like which person is going to get hired? Well, it's that first person, right? The first yeah. person is like he said everything he wants. The second person... But I, you know, my, my experience tells me the second person is actually representing like the truth. And this is always back to like, you know, everyone. And then you would ask that founder, you'd, be, you'd ask him a question like, well, like, do you want someone to like come in and challenge you and speak your mind? Right. And like, like as soon as you say this in the interview, they would, they would quickly start to be like, well, you don't get it. You know, the, the second person is usually like, well, he doesn't understand it. He hasn't, doesn't have enough experience or she, right. And it's just like, no, no, like someone just came in and like really challenged your thoughts. And like you just typically, right. You're like, I want to take this other one. And that's just human nature. So, um, so anyway, I just wish, I think software development's gotten a lot better. I think software development's like, much more about like change is constant and we have to like kind of keep tweaking the product. I think to your point about, you know, your message that like, Hey, you have to tweak, uh, uh, constantly tweak the message yes. and the tactics, just like you have to constantly tweak the features and the development schedule to get it right. And anybody that tells you anything else, then, um, while it may sound great, it right. is, it's almost always false. Yeah. And if anything gets easier with money, it's that, right? <laughs> if you keep that culture, Amazon, going back to Amazon, and not to make this an Amazon podcast, but that's ultimately what I see their culture as have gotten right, is that they figured out how to rapidly tweak stuff and fold this information together that, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's always one of those things. It's, uh, you know, I'm like so cautionary about any, you know, speaking too much about any one company, but they outwardly, they have the culture of like experimentation. Oh, I'm sure. Trying different things, yeah. right? But, you know, I, I do wonder sometimes if there's not like a lot of people who are like, why do we have to write a six page memo just to like, you know, put a new uh, sign up, you know, and like, why can't we just do that? And, I, you know, I, I sense there must be like some of this frustration inside there. But, but that said, like they do seem of all the companies that we kind of look at, like they seem to do like the most different stuff, right? Which is yeah. just interesting. As an, I mean, for all of us just to watch, it's just like, well, what are they going to do next? Is it good? Is it bad? But it's just they're doing different stuff. Yeah, but they also follow the signal, right? They started with the web commerce, and they were like, oh, internet's a big thing. We should build giant data centers, mm -hmm. you know. And now they have ninety-five percent of the internet, you know, or some <laughs> stupid number, some big percentage, right? You know, some disturbingly large prediction. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. size, size of the market, and you know, and then they're like, oh, well, then let's leverage that. You know, so then they they just walk backwards to all of these places where the revenue is and their needs are, and where they don't get displaced in the market. Yeah, like how does HEB go build? billion dollar data centers to expand their product, you know, their placement footprint. Right. Yeah. I think, you know, it's, it's always interesting to look at like the now, but remember like your strength now will be your weakness later. So at some point I have no idea when, right. if I knew when, you know, as it'd be great fast, as soon some, as we possibly can. But as I say, uh, it just comes down to like, there's going to, there could be a point, right? Like take the, all the logistics, right. There could be at some point, like much like Hilton hotels getting uh, disrupted by, you know, um, 
um, Airbnb, right? Yeah. It's like the, the way they're getting disrupted is not that someone built hotels that kind of like took the fact that they own hotels and turned it on its head. So like that same kind of thing will play out with data centers and AWS and the, in kind of the cloud world. It's like there may be a time, like, I don't know, this go out in the future. Like imagine this like rack of computers that like as, as fast and as uh, computationally intensive as an entire data center, right? You can just put it in a shelf in your house, yeah, right? Like, right. I mean, I don't know when that'll happen, you know, whether it's like this, it's like quantum uh, or quantum whatever computing something. Yeah, but yeah, there's yeah. this point yeah. where it's like actually owning all of these data centers is, is wrong. Cause you don't need it anymore. Cause it turns out you can just have this thing at home and it's just as fast, but right? What, but, you, uh, but what you and I both know about technology is it's going to be a hell of a run for them. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> well, timing, right? And I think that's yeah. when you're talking about investing as well, too. It's like, you know, oftentimes, um, you know, I heard an investor say this. He's like, oftentimes people in Silicon Valley, like they have the end state correct. What they have wrong is the time frame in which it happens. And like one of the examples um, that this investor guy gave was like, you know, you go back into like 2000 and, um, you know, like there was that uh, – you know, F company, remember that company? And it's like all the companies that were stupid that went out of business, and like pets.com was a, a yeah. good example. But yeah. most of the dot com implosions, right, have actually come to fruition. Like Chewy.com got sold for like $3 billion and is a very profitable entity that sells primarily pet food and like, you know, yeah. pet toys. And his point was that's what, that's the more common mistake. It's so like, you know, right now, like autonomous cars is probably the one where it's like, it feels like it's going to happen. But like, it's a big difference to your point about making the run. It's a huge difference between that happening in five years and 30 years. Right. right. So, and I, I don't know, as I look out, like I have no idea how to predict it. I think we're probably the Silicon Valley tech centric world is probably too optimistic about right. like, it's going to happen faster. And then there's probably a bunch of people that are just like, Hey, it's never going to happen. So to your point about this data center question is like, I don't know, you know, like look at Microsoft windows and, and, and Excel, this huge, I mean, they've made more money this year than they've made, any other year, right? And it's like, yeah. so you have these long runs. Um, but th- having said that, I also like, you know, we should just never get like too caught up in like, yeah, the Amazon's dominating retail. Right. Go- going back to that comment, mm-hmm. Microsoft made more with Excel than they ever had. Well, not just Excel, but all of it. Yeah, right? okay. Well, that's really disappointing because they need to make Excel better. So. <laughs> I know. Well, I just think, yeah, it just shows <laughs> you know. like, we're, I mean, just office. And we could go on. We could do another yeah. hour just on uh, yeah. love, love of office. <laughs> right. All right, Matt. It's been a good conversation. Yeah. I think, I think our stuff. people, we, we, we told them bold predictions. Um, Did I we, deliver, though? Did I get it done? Well, I don't know. You know, the listeners, Who knows? The Let, listeners will be the judge, my friend. Make sure. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they will. All right. So, hey, um, where can people find you? Yeah. So, 500rockets.io is my website. Um, that's the easiest place to find me. If you want the things that are coming uh, in my pipeline, that is the place you will receive them. Uh, we are starting a couple things that I'd like to mention. I'm going to start a podcast uh, called The Mix. So it's going to be The Marketing Mix. Uh, Dr. Dan French, uh, he wrote comedy for uh, some you know TV shows, The Best Damn Sports Show, period. I think he wrote for David Letterman at the time. Uh, he has uh, some interesting things to say about persuasion. He has a PhD in rhetoric. Um, I'm bringing my digital marketing and SEO experience, and we're going to basically come together and do something around there. There's going to be a sub-podcast actually built into that. Uh, a lot of people don't know this about my father, but he's one of the most interesting people I've ever met. Uh, he was started his career uh, as the sound man for Led Zeppelin, and then he went on to build a whole suite of products and uh, you know, invented uh, with a team the automated light as an example. 
And uh, I've actually decided to sit down with him for a series inside that podcast and do kind of a father-son interview. And so I'm going to be interviewing my dad and uh, talking to him about his experience building stuff. Uh, less sensational sex, drugs, and rock and roll, <laughs> and more uh, how do you build technical products and, build, and bring it to market? Because um, I'm less interested in the famous side of that, and I'm more interested in kind of the cool stuff that he was able to invent. And uh, so that'll be a fun thing. And then the third thing is my current crappy product. So I'm going, I'm going to be releasing, uh, if you do AdWords or you know somebody in your business who does AdWords, I have created uh, a really amazing way to generate AdWords ads. It's very narrow, but it is the world's best way to generate AdWords ads ever. Wow. It's yeah. a bold statement. It's a right. bold statement, like friend, it. but I'm going the whole way. And, uh, you know. All right. Well, fantastic. All right. Well, we always end on uh, the same question. We try to, actually. I like on, it. Uh, here on uh, Software Defined Interviews. So uh, the question is, um, what is something that you know that you wish other people knew? Yeah. So as a person who's really passionate about science and technology and has entered the market in my career uh, watching information. I'm, I'm big on giving people my speech about the information age. Uh, we lived, our parents lived in the industrial age where the roads were built and the telephone lines were done and they had pensions and they had all this stuff. And then the economy changed, right? And so we live in the information age where the value of the information is the economy, right? And so I think when you start looking at things from um, that perspective of the economy actually being inside the information, a lot of the economic models start to make a lot more sense and you become less confused by the world. But with that as a backbone of what I'm trying to tell you, the thing that I would tell people is that information folds onto itself. That's my cookie. That's my fortune cookie statement. All right. Is that information is constantly folding and if you want to look at innovation and good ideas, really what you're talking about is the collapsing of two pieces of information together, much like an evolutionary thing. And when you have money, you can accelerate that collapsing, you know, that collapsing of information. Uh, like Amazon is killing it. They have billions and billions of dollars. They can rapidly collapse information and come up with this new innovation. I have noticed in the last 10 years of entrepreneurism that it's the collapsing and folding of information that uh, rapidly produces uh, the great idea. All right, I like it. Information is power. It's sort of uh, the, the old bundling, unbundling concept there packed around in information. There All right. Go. Well, Matt, thanks for, uh, for being on the show. Uh, as always, you are listening to an episode of Software Defined Interviews, and you can go to softwaredefinedinterviews.com, and you can see all of the show notes or you can see the show notes in your podcast player right now it's got all the links to where to find matt and some of the things that we talked about and also if you're not a listener of our other podcast called software defined talk go to softwaredefinedtalk.com there you can hear our weekly roundup of news and information usually around cloud technologies but other stuff as well and of course if you want a sticker go, just email us at stickers at softwaredefinedtalk.com in fact matt graciously has a sticker here on the microphone stand of of his uh, house so i appreciate that and with that we will talk to you next time